This morning we're going to talk about how to cope with change. There's a lot of stress in our lives. Some of that stress is caused by changes. So please take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you today. Six centuries before Jesus was born, a Greek philosopher said, in your notes, the only thing that is permanent is change. And that's for sure today. We live in a rapidly changing society. In your notes, Alvin Toffler says, we live in a throwaway society. We live in a throwaway world. In other words, things are made to be used temporarily and then discarded. We use something for a while and then we just toss it. Very few things are made to last anymore because we're living in a constantly changing world. Science is changing. Knowledge is changing. Textbooks are out of date by the time they are printed. And there is a man by the name of Thomas Holmes, who in his famous stress scale, identified 43 most common changes that we go through in life. And he said these changes are the things that cause us stress. These are the things that cause us to get uptight, to be pressured. And when we have a combination of these various things in our lives, then it even causes more pressure. And too much change, in your notes, causes fatigue. So too much change causes fatigue and we get tired. But too fast of change, in your notes, that causes frustration. So where are we going? Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore, Paul says, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And here's the key. So we fix what? Our eyes? Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. So Paul is saying that we should not get discouraged when all these troubles and the changes are happening. He's saying that everything in life can be divided into two groups. In your notes, number one. In group number one are the things that are visible. Yeah, those things that will pass away. Things that are changing. But number two, there are those things in group number two that are invisible. Things that abide forever. Things that are changeless. So let me ask you, how do you normally cope with change? Just what is your typical reaction to changes going on around you? How do you normally react when everything seems to be up in the air? See, sometimes, in your notes, number one, we resist it. Yeah, we resist change. We automatically fight change. We oppose all change. We are skeptical. In the 19th century, there was a group of people called the Leadites. Those people went around, everywhere they went, they smashed all the labor-saving devices because, oh, they said it was unhealthy. Things were happening too fast for them. So they were a reactionary. A man was interviewed on his 100th birthday. The interviewer said, 
you over the years must have seen an awful lot of changes. And the man responded, and I've been against every one of them. For some people, the first reaction to anything new is negative. I'm against it. Ever hear that statement? We have never done it that way before. That's the statement of an insecure person. I'm reminded of the two caterpillars who were talking one day on the ground and they looked up and they saw a butterfly. One said to the other, you would never get me up in one of those things. We tend to be resentful to the things that are different, things that are new. However, change is inevitable. Everything is changing. If you have trouble believing that, just go home and look at your graduation picture. Or try to fit into your wedding dress. Or try to force your child to wear the same shoes he wore a year ago and fit into them. You can't, and you don't want to stop growth. You can't stop change. So how do you react to change? Number two in your notes, a second typical reaction to change. We resent it. So first of all, we resist it. Secondly, we resent it. We don't like it. We gripe and complain. We grumble and moan. We get upset. When things change around us, it threatens our security. Because we like the familiar. We like to remain comfortable. When things change, we resist it. We resent it. Number three in your notes. Some people's reaction to change is we run from it. We run away. We try to retreat. People will often try to return to the past. They reminisce about the good old days. We run. We retreat back into history. Human nature tends to glorify the past. Recently, they uncovered a Babylonian inscription, which was 6,000 years old. And it said this, the times are not now what they used to be. That's 6,000 years ago. The Apostle Paul says, we should build our lives on something that is permanent, immovable. Build your life on a foundation that cannot be shaken. Is there anything permanent in this life? Well, look at Hebrews 13, verse 8. Here we have the one thing that is permanent in life. Please read that verse with me together out loud. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one permanent thing in life is Jesus Christ. Jesus says while everything else in life is changing, he remains changeless. All that you read about Jesus yesterday, what you read in the Bible, is the same today. What Jesus is today, he will be tomorrow. Jesus is already into your future. When you get through your changes, Jesus is already there. That is comforting. No matter what changes you go through, Jesus is going to be there ahead of you. And you can handle changes by focusing then on three unchangeable facts about Jesus. If you build your life on these three things, you have no problem coping with change. Number one in your notes, the first immovable fact is God's love for you will never change. God's love for you will never change. 
So you build your life not on things that are seen, not on material things. No matter what happens or what you do, you build your life on God's love. You mean even if I do some wrong things? Yes, God's love for you will never change. You see, God's love is not based upon what you deserve. God's love for you is always based on his grace. He loves you not because you keep up with his standards, because he loves you because he's chosen to love you through the message of the cross and the good news of Jesus dying there for you. That's grace. That is good news. Look at Jeremiah 31, verse 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. So in your notes, God loves you on your good days. And God also loves you on your bad days because of his grace and his mercy. God loves you when you feel it and even when you don't feel it. And you can build your life on this. God's love for you will never, never, never change. So look at Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels, demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that is permanent. Alvin Toffler, who wrote Future Shock, he said this in your notes. In times of change, people need spots of security. When the winds of change are blowing, people need spots of security. For the Christian, they cannot be temporary things or in things that will pass away. Your spot of security must be in God's love. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is a rock of stability that you can hold on to. So how do you have security? You can have security in your notes by remembering the things that last. Remember the values, the invisible things, the permanent things, things that cannot be taken from you, and you will have stability. Because you remember Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Number two, the second unchangeable fact to focus on in your notes is God's word. God's word will never change. So God's love will never change. The number two, God's word will never change. See, God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You build your life on God's word. Look at Psalm 119. Read it with me together out loud. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. So you want your life to be solid? You build it on something that will be solid. It's amazing where so many people begin looking for support in their times of stress. When society is going through changes and people are under pressures because of the new things that are happening, deaths, divorce, job changes, it's really amazing where people look for help, where they look for guidance and support. A lot of people under stress, they rush over to the bookstore in your notes number one on the back to get a recent paperback. People go to the self-help section, they buy a popular paperback, and they read all the answers, only to realize in a few months it will be thrown away. The book will be on the bargain table on sidewalk days. 
People look for answers in those things that are so temporary. Number two, maybe in your house people will look for the recent printing of their horoscope. Horoscopes are printed in the newspaper because why? People do read them. They really do. They actually seek their fate in the stars. And number three, people will also follow a fad diet. Or number four, people will go to the newest therapies. The answers are not in new therapy, fad diets, horoscopes, or paperbacks. So look at what Jesus said in Matthew 24. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. See, God's word has stood the test of time. In spite of cultural changes, all the language changes over thousands of years, God's word is still relevant. It has been attacked by dictators. It has been ridiculed by critics. It has been burned and outlawed, but it has outlasted all those people. It's permanent. Some of the recent National Council of Church Leaders have attempted to take all the sexist language out of the Bible. It is no longer our Father who art in heaven, but has also changed to our parent who is in heaven. It's no longer our Heavenly Father, but our Heavenly Father and Mother. Does that bother me? Not really. Why? Because 40 years from now, all those people will be dead and gone. And the book, the Bible, will still be around. Because it has withstood the many more attacks and critics than a liberal group who wants to put in the latest fad in their language. See, in your notes, Voltaire, Voltaire, the French philosopher, in the year 1726, he said this, in a hundred years, the Bible will be obsolete. Today, the house of Voltaire is the warehouse of the British Bible Society in France. So you want stability? You build your life on something that will last. So look at Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, that's God's word, and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, the beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. It's like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down, streams rose, winds blew, beat against that house. It fell with a great crash. Many people are falling apart in the midst of stress, in the midst of their changes, in the midst of pressures, because they have no foundation. See, God's love will never change. God's word will never change. And there is a third unchangeable fact in your notes number three. God's purpose will never change. God's ultimate purpose will never change. Because God has a plan, and he's working it today. Look at Psalm 112. For the righteous will be moved, never be moved. He is not afraid of bad things. His heart is firm. He's trusting in the Lord. See, God works in all things for good. So God's ultimate purpose is greater than all evil. God is in control of all history. So in your notes, all history is moving toward a climax. 
That climax is Jesus' return. Jesus Christ is returning one day. That will be the climax of history. And that's what we are daily moving toward. And the Christian can say that in your notes, you know, I don't always know what the future holds, but I do know for sure who holds the future. Jesus Christ is going to return. So please read with me Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So when you put your trust in God, it gives you confidence and hope. The righteous man has no fear of changes and stressful events. He puts his trust in God. So in your notes, the Bible tells you that God has a specific plan for you. God has a specific plan for you. And then success, in your notes, success is simply getting right into the center of God's plan for you. And when you're right in the center of God's plan for you, then even those negative changes in your notes can be used for good. Negative events and crises and pressures can be used by God to mold you, to shape you for his purpose, for good. So in conclusion, what changes have you and your family uptight? Well, some of you, you have no job or you're looking for a new job. Some of you are having marriage problems. Some of you are having health problems. Some of you are empty nesters and that's a change. Some of you are thinking about moving. Some of you are going through some major changes next week and you don't even know about it yet. We don't, however, we don't have to resist change. We don't have to resent change or run from change because we know these three things for sure. So please read with me John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So you trust in your notes, you trust in God's love, because God's love will never change. Then look also at 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. So in your notes, you trust in God's word, because God's word will never change. Then looking at 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We can always trust in your notes God's purpose. His purpose also will never change. Amen.